0: Hey, Tessa Stuckey here. I just want to say thank you really quick for taking the time to listen to this. Um, I know a lot of us are busy. We don't have a lot of time. Life is hectic right now with everything going on. And so thank you so much because that, That means that you are joining me on this mission to protect our kids and to make changes that are necessary so that we can build strong individuals who are ready to take on this world. And I am a mom of four, a therapist, and now an author. I wrote my book For the Sake of Our Youth to spread awareness on information that is relevant and important for every parent to hear um, about today's culture and how to kind of get by with some comfort and strength as a family. The book, For the Sake of Our Youth, it's now available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. This is the podcast version. You'll get a good idea of what my book is all about from cover to cover and you'll probably get even more out of it because I'm going to like expand on everything. So I always say that I could talk about this all day long, I used to say I could write a book about that. And so I've written a book about that and I'm not done talking. So here we go. Hey, Tessa Stuckey here with For the Sake of Our Youth. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about something that I think affects everyone, not just kids or teenagers. The reason it is in my book, however, is because the sixth cultural influence. Um, affecting teen depression, anxiety, and suicidality is pressure and how much pressure is on our kids and all done with very little sleep. So what I hear a lot coming into my office is these teenagers that don't prioritize sleep. They don't know how to get good sleep. But then also my adult clients complain about the exact same thing. And pretty much everyone in my personal life, (laughs) including myself, sometimes complains about how tired we are um, and how we're not getting good quality sleep that we need. And here's the thing is we live in such a busy lifestyle and a busy world that sleep has just kind of been put on the back burner. And that is my go-to question with every single one of my clients, no matter how old they are, is how much sleep are you getting? Because it is crucial. It is crucial. It affects our hormonal levels. It affects our stress levels. I mean, it affects our digestive system, guys. We cannot think clearly or function to the best of our ability if we are not getting good sleep. So I've talked about emotional hygiene. I talked about self-care. And one of the self-care elements is physical self, or physical self care. And that is where sleep falls into. So I wanted to make this its own episode because this isn't just about parenting. This is just about being a human. Basically, I'm going to read. I, I might as well just read. Should I just read? If you listen to some prior episodes, I shared with you my self care list. And on that list was sleep. I think a lot of times as parents, um, our teenagers sleep a lot or our kids sleep a lot and we think that they're being lazy or we're worried that they're going to turn into lazy bums or we think that that is a sign of depression. And this is the tricky part about teenagers is that, yes, someone who sleeps all the time can be a sign of depression because what it really is is a lack of motivation not so much, and you see that with teenagers too, where they are feeling this lack of motivation, but because they're so tired. But with depression, like true chemical imbalance in the brain, lack of depression, or sorry, lack of motivation comes from not feeling any hope or not feeling any purpose. Let's talk about how much sleep is needed. So for babies, kids, and teenagers, 10 to 12 hours is what they need to get in a 24-hour period, which is easy for babies and even kids, but not for teenagers because they've got a lot going on. Um, So I try to help my clients get from, maybe they're getting like five hours of sleep at night, and I try to help them get as close to eight or nine hours of sleep, which that is much more realistic. With kids and babies... You set up a routine, and a bedtime routine, and you stick to that. And if they go to sleep at 7 p.m., a lot of times they can sleep until 6.45 or 7 a.m. in the morning. So I just think it's so interesting because so much of us love to sleep, yet we're not prioritizing it and we're not getting any sleep at all. So how do we get this with our kids, right? Without... Because without the proper amount of sleep, which seems impossible, all of those hormonal and stressful and emotions, they get heightened and they're overwhelming. So some things that are very obvious to look at is caffeine intake. That can have a big part of why we don't fall asleep. I'll never forget. (laughs) My parents are those people who love to have a cup of coffee after dinner, like every single night. And so when I wanted to be like a grown up, and I was probably like 10 or 11, I asked if I could start having coffee with them. Um, and occasionally they would let me and lo and behold, I wouldn't be able to fall asleep those nights. Either I would have anxiety or I couldn't turn my brain off or whatever, but it was <laughs> because of my caffeine intake, which at that age, I didn't understand that. Um, as I got older, I realized, Oh, like, caffeine really does keep me awake. Now I'm at the point where I know where my limit is. I cannot have a caffeinated drink after 3 p.m. or I will be up all night or most of the night and have a hard time falling asleep. So you want to know what your goals are. Your goals are to prioritize sleep and to get as close to 10 hours as possible. And that goes for kids and adults. Um, and Again, there are seasons in our lives when that's not realistic and that's not going to happen, but we can still establish healthy sleep routines so that we can get as close to that as possible. The other thing that you want to look at is, I think I mentioned this in the episode about smartphones and screen time, but um, your melatonin, in the melatonin being produced in your brain. So the blue light behind the screen of your phone Kindle iPad tablet whatever it prevents melatonin from being produced so if you are allowing your child to be on their screen at night and they one they're either addicted to it and don't have the you know ability to tell themselves they need to go to sleep but also they're gonna once they put that screen down, they're going to have a hard time falling asleep because the melatonin hasn't been releasing in their brain. But same with you. So what they say is 30 minutes to an hour before you want to fall asleep, not before you want to get in bed, but before you want to fall asleep is when you need to put your screen down. Okay. And I know that that sucks for some of us who love to read before we go to sleep. And you may have gotten used to having a Kindle Save your Kindle for daytime reading. Read an actual book for when you're trying to fall asleep. So when I was 20 years old, like many others, I was having a really hard time achieving a good night's sleep. I was in a really weird place in my life. Like I said, seasons happen. Um, But I was really unaware of how to get good sleep, and I didn't feel like I had anyone to turn to I really felt like my world was spiraling into this dark place and all because I was not sleeping. And I noticed this pattern of thoughts that would circle through my head every evening when I would try to sleep. Past mistakes, traumatic memories, guilt, and self-loathing. So unhealthy thoughts, right? And that's what happens to a lot of us is we go 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 all day the minute we hit the pillow our mind starts to race either of things that need to get done things we didn't get done or like me when I was 20 like these really negative thoughts that were not beneficial at all and I just I really wanted to just figure out how to turn my brain off so I could fall asleep and like I said I just felt very lost alone and pretty much desperate so when you're tired it's Hurt right, that's why we act grumpy or in a bad mood, and hurt people hurt people, right? So, we've got to figure this out so that we're not hurting anymore and spreading any of that hurt onto anyone else. And so, there's a good chance if you have a teenager or a child who is a bit grumpy in the morning or even all through the day that they are tired now. Not being a morning person, that's a different thing. That's normal, right? So the question isn't whether any of us want sleep, but rather how we remember to prioritize sleep and how to fit it into our busy world. So this is what prioritizing sleep looks like. You set a time that you'd like to fall asleep each night. Dare I call it a bedtime? (laughs) I know, especially teenagers don't want to hear that. Um, But you set a time that is going to be the time that you want to fall asleep and then you create this ritual or a routine that goes with it and it's going to look different for everyone but you have to find what relaxes you before bed that you can do consistently and do it over and over and over again you want to train your brain to release naturally that melatonin so that you don't have to take melatonin gummies all the time even though I do love those so there's nothing wrong with taking melatonin gummies at night but you want to train your brain to associate this new routine with like sleepy time like now my melatonin can release so that means no screens right because you want that to actually happen but just like if you ever took a psychology class um you learned about pavlov and the dog with the saliva and the food and the bell That's what you're doing with your brain. So I'm not calling you a dog right now, but I am saying that you need to find things that you do consistently as a routine that your brain will start to associate that with bedtime and that will release the melatonin in your brain um, naturally. Um, Also, like if you're really into a TV show and you're binge watching it, that's great and all. And I know it's so hard. It's so hard to not watch the next episode. But if it's past the time that you want to get some sleep, you need to turn it off. And I hate to say that. But you have to honor your bedtime and your routine. That show will still be there tomorrow. Now, if they're taking it off of Netflix tomorrow or Hulu or whatever, go ahead and watch it. (laughs) But for the most part... and if you are gonna watch it, like say it's the finale, and you're just gonna go ahead and watch it, and it's already 11 p.m., and you know you should fall asleep, then you know what you need to tell yourself: you need to accept that you are gonna be tired tomorrow, and not allow yourself to be grumpy. You did it to yourself, so accept it. Um, okay, so no phone or smart device about an hour before your goal, your goal bedtime. Also teaching yourself that all of those same thoughts that you're having right now, they will still be here tomorrow and you can deal with them when you're awake and you're well rested. If you need to make a list of what those things are, go for it. So you don't forget or so that you can at least have peace of mind to remember to say to yourself, okay, I wrote it down. So that's done. I have to do that sometimes, but uh, it'll be there tomorrow. Another thing I really love is practicing gratitude to make a list of three things that you're grateful for it can be anything from a starbucks coffee that you got today to a family member you got to hug or a friend that you connected with today or you're thankful for this podcast (laughs) just kidding but end your day on a positive note there are studies that show that practicing gratitude and there are tons of studies and there are even college courses on this that only talk about this and tons of books that talk about like full big books that talk about how practicing gratitude can help you feel peaceful can help you feel that happy feeling more often remember it's not a state of being it's an emotion so you're inviting that to be an emotion in your life more often and it produces really good restful sleep. So, my last suggestion for creating and prioritizing sleep is something that is called thought stopping. So, thought stopping is consciously taking control of your thoughts by not thinking of what you're naturally thinking about, but rather choosing a thought that you actually want to think about. Remember that part in um The Sound of Music when Julie Andrews sings about her favorite things, you know? When she's scared, do you want me to sing it for you? When the dog bites, when the bee stings. (laughs) But she closes her eyes and she thinks of raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. That is thought stopping. That's choosing to not let the fear or the anxiety or the depressed thoughts take over, but choosing to think about what you want to think about. Here's the bad news about thought stopping. It, It is so flippin' hard to do. Because it's going outside of your natural thinking. Your natural way of thinking when you, less, less, when you rest your head on that pillow is to think about all the thoughts. And sometimes those are negative thoughts, as I did when I was 20. What's funny about this is when I was 20, I'll just share this. This is not in my book. But when I was 20 and I like could not get those negative thoughts out of my head and all I wanted to do was sleep. I discovered thought stopping. I had no idea. It was already a therapeutic technique. I thought I invented it. I thought I was just like so smart. Um, And then I went to grad school and read about it. And I was like, oh, I I didn't invent it. I'm getting ahead of myself. So the bad news is that it's really hard. It takes multiple times to really get this technique down. So if you're stubborn and determined, you can do it and you should do it. But just know that it's not going to happen after the first night. It might actually, and wouldn't that be great? But if it doesn't happen the first night, do not give up. Try it again. It takes multiple times because you're training your brain. And like anything we train for, you have to practice and have that determination. But you've got to prioritize sleep. You have to get sleep. So why not try it, right? So first, I want you to think of a thought that brings you comfort. And this is what we are going to call your default thought it can be a fantasy, it can be a memory, it can be a prayer, it can be a song, it could be simply imagining yourself like on the beach. But in order for thought stopping to work, you have to have this already to go, you already have to have this in your head, thought of, so I want you to think of it right now. What will your default thought be the next time you lie down on your bed, and you want to fall asleep. So then when you have practiced your new sleep routine, you've turned off your TV, you haven't looked at a screen for the past hour, you've, you know, done everything to get ready for bed. I want you and you've made your gratitude list. I want you to start thinking about your default thought. Now something you should know is that your default thought will most likely need to change throughout your life. So whatever season you're in, your default thought might work just fine. But then like, it could change so like for example I'll just share that so when I was 20 and I was going through that hard time and I thought that I had invented it my default thought was like fun things that my then boyfriend now husband could do for date nights so like I would sit there and like imagine you know going to these cool concerts or going to these cool shows or going down into Austin for an evening and I would even go into the details of like what I was going to wear and who would be with us and all of that. And like what our conversations would be like. And that's the thing is you want to kind of go into those details almost to where it's like tedious because that helps create that like warm and fuzzy feeling towards the fantasy then. But then like we would do all these things or whatever. And like, that kind of got old. And then after a while of us dating, I started my default thought became like our wedding day. And what that would be like and imagining me walking down the aisle to him. Um, And then that kind of faded and didn't work anymore, because we got married. (laughs) And then it became, you know, imagining, you know, me holding my son for the first time, and it changes no matter what season of life you're in. You know, for a while, it was me singing for a bunch of people in a show. That one doesn't really work that much anymore either. Anyways, I had to find, you know, new ways to give me comfort. And it's and so it's really good if you have, you know, two or three kind of on hand in case one stops working. But it can be anything. Like say you want to go to med school and you have this fantasy that you discover something or you save a life or you discover this medical medical finding that nobody's discovered before and so you get featured in this like article and you are interviewed by all these people on TV and it's you know, you can play into the fantasy of whatever it is so that it it's almost exciting but not too exciting because you wanna fall asleep. So but you have to kind of figure out what that is for you because that does happen sometimes where you get too excited about a fantasy and it ends up keeping you up. But what what you're gonna do is you're gonna experience The bad thoughts or the negative thoughts or the thoughts that are keeping you up at night, the worried thoughts, and you're going to become self-aware that you're not doing what I told you to do and you need to prioritize sleep and you're going to say to yourself, stop, and then you're going to go straight to that default thought. The hard part about this is inevitably those negative thoughts are going to creep their way back into your brain, especially that first time you try it. So you're going to be thinking of your default thought and then all of a sudden your brain is going to trail off into how you forgot to pack carrots in your son's lunchbox or you forgot to push send on that email or whatever it is and all of a sudden, you're noticing that you're having these negative thoughts again and not in the default thought. And all you have to do is do it all over again. The moment you become self-aware, you have to say to yourself, stop and go back to that default thought. So you, you're going to have to do it a couple times or if you're lucky, only the one time. But you need to experiment a little bit. Figure out what brings you that comfort and that warm, fuzzy feeling so that you do start to just drift to sleep whenever you're thinking about it. The good news is that if you get really good at this, you won't have to tell yourself to stop anymore. So it becomes natural. So it replaces those bad thoughts, bad thoughts that were once natural for you to think about when you would try to fall asleep. And now this is what you naturally think about. So with our kids, depending on how old our kids are, we want to sit with them and help them come up with their default thought. I call it with my kids, their sleep time story, but you can call it whatever you want, but you want to let them get creative. One night when one of my kids couldn't fall asleep, he was having a nightmare. We sat up there for a while trying to come up with something that would calm calm him. You know, I told him like, you are in control. You can think about whatever you want to think about when you're trying to fall asleep. And that's when, We named it the sleep time story. What you're really searching for is like a comforting distraction so that you can ease your mind and fall asleep, right? So he ended up imagining himself flying with a dragon and going all over the world And so now, if he can't fall asleep, all I have to do is remind him of that sleep time story with his dragon, who we named, and I can't think of what his name is right now, but we named the dragon. And so now I say things like, where's your dragon taking you tonight? What are you going to see? And he'll say things like Legoland and Disney World and the White House or whatever. So your child may need a song that brings them comfort. And even go further, and they can imagine themselves performing that song in front of all of their friends with like the coolest outfit sometimes remembering a happy memory or thinking about an upcoming event can work well too we want what's best for our kids obviously so we want them to feel good physically emotionally and hormonally to experience low stress and to have a strong digestive system obviously as i said child and teenagers children and teenagers need 10 to 12 hours of sleep for the healthiest brain development And getting that much sleep isn't really possible if they're studying, involved in sports or extracurriculars, or want to keep up with their social life and connect with the family. So how do we do this? I mentioned that teenage years are similar to toddler years um, in one of my episodes, and my kids are fresh out of toddler years, so I remember this very, very well. But their schedule and their routine, they need to be based around sleep, just like toddler's. Remember, nap time and bedtime were like the goals of every day. And although academics and sports and social life and family connections are very important, sleep needs to go towards the top of that list. And then everything else needs to be balanced with that. So if our kids can get better sleep, then they're naturally going to excel in all of the other areas of their life. And you'll get better sleep too. So something to think about is what I call being aware of your dark side. And I'm just going to read this. One more note on self-care and sleep. Sometimes we need a day. You know what I mean. We need to check out of reality. We need a day to veg out. Sometimes we need a moment to cry, eat a tub of ice cream, binge watch some trashy TV, and allow ourselves to be lazy. Especially in this world of go, 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 we've got to balance that with some no, no, no. If this is something you need, then your child needs it too. It relieves the pressure and recharges the batteries. However, this can get tricky. While vegging out can be good to help us rest, recharge, and even motivate, it can also go on for too long, crossing us over to the dark side. What's too long for you? Everyone is different. Your amount is most likely going to be different from your child's. It's going to take some experimenting is just the morning enough? Is one full day good? Do you need two days? If you can observe when you start to cross over, crossing over to the dark side is when relaxation turns into anxiety, sadness, heightened laziness, a lack of motivation, and lack of hygiene, you know your boundary. You'll be golden when you allow for those mental health days. But if you let it go on until you've already crossed over, You've now created that imbalance, and you likely won't benefit from that rest at all. Why do anything that you can't benefit from? If you allow yourself to cross over, then you've just wasted all that really good veg time for nothing. My crossover used to be after one full day, like when I was in college. Now I can't go more than four or so hours before feeling like a complete pile of doo-doo, so I only allow myself to go a good three hours or less to truly veg out and relax let's be honest, I don't really get that opportunity very often with all the kids and my husband. So learn what you need and pick up on the signs that the crossover is near. Help your child by having discussions about how they feel after they rest. Then take that and prevent them from crossing over by creating a boundary. This is really important for teens, because like I said, if they start to feel that lack of motivation, that lack of purpose, and they're already on the dark side with vegging out, then they've gone too far. They need that boundary. So you need to open up that conversation with them about how they're feeling. They might need the rest. They might go too far with it. Or they might just really want the rest and they're not sure why they want it. So it's important to get in touch with what's going on emotionally that they want the rest so much. Sometimes teenagers want the rest because they want to escape from reality for a little bit. That's okay too, sometimes okay not all the time sometimes we really do we just want to sleep and that's a coping skill to get away from some of our negative thoughts and that's fine but it might be too much so if there's some imbalance happening then that's when it's that's when the discussion needs to change into okay how can we create some balance with all this sleep that you're doing So I hope this is helpful for everyone with understanding sleep, why it's important, and how you can prioritize your own sleep as well as helping your child prioritize sleep, how to base schedules around that, and help take the pressure off a bit. Ooh, also, real quick, sorry. If you are interested in purchasing my book, go ahead and look on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. It's called For the Sake of Our Youth, A Therapist's Perspective on Raising Your Family in Today's Culture by me, Tessa Stuckey. That's with an E-Y. You can also go to my website, www.tessastuckey.com, for more information. And I love to share things on a daily basis on my Instagram, at the Therapist. Also, I hate to do this, but if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and rate it. That would really help others find the podcast easier so that they can listen to this information too. Thank you.